0: Welcome to the dead format episode 76 my name is ian McEwen, and i'm joined tonight by the editor-in-chief thomas smiley and we're gonna talk about legacy
1: i'm so pumped that we actually got to put out an episode last week after all of the shenanigans that we went through for those of you that didn't see our twitter ian posted the the log of dropped calls that we had and oof was it brutal but we made it through
0: it was legitimately 12 calls for a 30-minute episode, which is like a, a first for us, honestly. We've, we've had uh, good luck with the technology gods, but this was not, a, well, not our night. So Yeah, this was
1: only our second episode that we've had sort of uh, frowned upon. And I think it was episode 15 was the last time we had something like that happen, where your computer didn't save the call. And yeah. uh, we've, been, we've been really lucky since. Uh,
0: yeah, for sure, bro. But how's, how's your week?
1: My week is good. I, uh, I got to meet some new Magic people. At, like, I think that I've dropped a few hints that I'm playing a, a different game sometimes while I'm doing the recording. <laughs> and in the Discord for that game, there are a few people that posted on their way to Portland to play children's card games for, for money. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounds, that sounds like a post from somebody that's going to a Grand Prix. So I checked the Grand Prix schedule lo and behold, it was Grand Prix Portland and started talking about started to talk about magic with two people who I play who I play uh, this other game with. and and turns out their favorite format is what Commander. Legacy Legacy. <laughs> we started talking about how we we all don't like the direction of magic where it's going with arena and how going and playing. Older cards in, in person is the way to be. And uh I was like, Alright, let me let me sort of flex and send a send a video of me playing a feature match. And then this guy sent one back. And Ooh. he's playing at Grand the Legacy Grand Prix Seattle in round three against Jody Keith. And uh he was playing Esperblade and got <gasps> dumpstered. But his favorite (laughs) format is Legacy, and he loves Esper Piles. And I was like, I have the person that you need to listen to. So, uh, if you are part part of the Legacy community in Montana, which there is, apparently, I found out that they have monthlies that have about 40 people, big shout out to you.
0: Wow. So so I thought, I thought I'd thought i lost you. We, we thought you were gone forever, but it turns out you actually got magic-pilled in the World of Warcraft.
1: I did. That's exactly what happened.
0: Unbelievable, man. Yep.
1: And our, our story is kind of similar. He's the main tank of our current guild now, and uh, when I played World of Warcraft, I was also a main tank, and we both had similar timelines for what games we were playing when, and uh, it was it was just crazy to like, to get to talk to somebody about this game that uh, we shared very very similar viewpoints. It was kind of crazy.
0: That's wild, man. And I guess now we know that Grand Prix Portland this weekend will have at least two players, right? Because if, if GP attendance kept following the same line, we were thinking maybe it might be zero players next week.
1: Bro, that that
0: Grand Prix was rough. But that's well, what happened. Three forty-eight.
1: When, when you have a shitty format. With prizes that don't matter. Is like... it a shitty
0: format? I mean, standard as a whole, just the concept is not. You know, I not thought it was a shitty.
1: That... I thought it was a shitty format.
0: Is it? I don't know. I mean, they banned those cards, and from what I understand, it seems like it's a diverse format. There's like a black red deck is doing well. It's oh, okay. not all green anymore. Maybe
1: maybe it's not shit anymore. You could be right. I, I mean, it's it,
0: just... it's shitty. It's shitty because they've had to ban so many things, and nobody's. You know, if anybody had a deck two weeks ago, they don't have a deck anymore, right? But, yeah,
1: I default to. Um, I definitely default to standard being shit, even though I know nothing about it. So I don't know whether or not this format's good, but it's probably shit.
0: I don't know either, but it, I think that uh, I think a lot of the issues have been resolved. I, I think Oko's banned, so I don't think that it's uh, terribly expensive anymore either. This, this attendance was just abysmal.
1: Poor one out for Oko. It got banned to Pioneer today too, right? Oh, um, did it? I think so. Unless somebody was trolling me when they told me that the uh um, no, no, you're right, you're promo time right. walk and Oko got banned.
0: You're right. So the ban there was like a BNR, like an official BNR from Watsie today that I saw that was uh no bans in any format, but also they banned ban list announcements. Did you hear that? No,
1: I, I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> their bnr that was scheduled for december 16th or whatever it came out and it was like no changes in any format and also we're banning ban list announcements so they're just gonna be ad hoc bans from now on oh okay for for all formats so it's and
1: timely I, they can respond without like this set window that they sort of pin themselves into right to where if they have to emergency ban it, it seems like they made a super awful mistake. Now they're like, we'll just ban anything whenever. I like that.
0: So what they mentioned was I guess that they wanted to ban a card in Modern at some point recently and the ban window was like the week before the Grand Prix and they didn't want to do that to people. So they used that as like their justification for having no ban announcements. And honestly man, if it wasn't for the fact that They've banned so many cards recently, and they—they a lot of them have been justified, I think, in everyone's minds. I would be much more okay with this, like if we were—if we were still living in that twenty fifteen world or twenty sixteen or whatever, when there had been a ban in five years, other than Treasure cruise, right? But like now, with everyone in every format clamoring for bans all the time, and the potential for bans to come out any time really. Is this is this better? I don't know if it's better. It could be better.
1: Well, I think having with one with how quickly things move, right? How quickly the sort of best deck is discovered now. A lot of the times wizards need a needs a quicker window to fix things. And if you if you have this idea that you're only going to ban things anytime a new set comes out, that can be three very miserable months for people who don't really have a huge attention span for this game because there are so many other options, right? Like you can bounce between playing Arena and Hearthstone or playing video games. Like, the sort of new additions to the Magic game aren't as invested as other people are and you need to keep it interesting.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I always think, like you know, maybe if people had more time to, to exploit, and there's the problem of like having less than perfect data compared to what Watsi has. So like in a situation like Ren, they were able to see the win percentages and so, and I think we all agree that that wasn't really something you could fight your way out of. So that's a bad example. But do you think, you know,
1: do you think Watsi really has all of that data that they're using to the best of their ability? It seems no, like but they the, have a, I think they, they do have, have all the data manually typing in deck lists every week. I don't don't trust them to be accurately gathering and using that data.
0: They definitely have access to it. I don't know whether they're using it. I would venture a guess that they're not using it to its full capability, of course. But, dude, it's so frustrating, like, doing our podcast on Monday night because for, like, I don't know, eight or nine weeks in a row, the Legacy Challenge results were just posted on Monday morning, and it was nice. I just copied and pasted right into our show notes and then they just like stopped posting it and then last week there was no league either and then they released two legacy leagues this week in a three-day window it's like what the fuck are you guys doing dude how is this not just a cron job how is this not automated like are you manually typing this shit just like you just said
1: yeah i mean like i i was kind of pumped when i saw the trailer for the magic the gathering mmo until I realized it is like a Watsi digital product, but then I got more excited because it's like out of their hands. I guess it's just like a reskinned Neverwinter Nights, but hey, what it looks the fuck exciting. I don't know about? if you saw that trailer. No. Oh, there's a there's a Magic the Gathering online multiplayer game coming out, kind of like kind of like a World of Warcraft that is uh, that has a trailer out. You're a planeswalker in a world fighting things.
0: It's uh, yeah. Is this from like a year ago or something?
1: No, this is from this week. They Died. announced it. They announced it a while ago, but it's finally under development or finally coming out of development. But I really think it's just a, a reskinned version of the Neverwinter Nights MMO.
0: Okay. I don't know what that means, but it's, it's probably like Skyrim. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, Skyrim, but massively multiplayer. So, like, you pl- you log in and you play in a world with everybody else who's playing in the game. So, like a Skyrim, only you're playing with a bunch of other people. Skyrim was mostly solo.
0: Are there cards, though?
1: No, I, I don't believe there are cards in the game. I think it's like you play a Planeswalker and you're playing a video game where you have your own abilities, not
0: cards. Okay. Yeah, I uh, will have to not check that out.
1: But (laughs) at least watch the trailer.
0: It's so weird because, like, something like this, like, two years ago, and I'm just thinking about this because every Monday I'm, like, looking for the current news to, like, get caught up on shit, right? To do the show. And, like, I go to the Magic Reddit, and that's the only time during the course of, of a week that I ever would go to, like, Magic TCG, right? Mm hmm. And I think I was thinking about it today, honestly, like compared to like years ago, like two years ago or whatever, I would check it every day, like when I, you know, when I took a shit or whatever. And now it's like I go there, if if I were to go there at like a random time and not just sort by like top past week, but like you just go there and it's just like cupcakes and like shit that you have no idea what they're talking about. It's turned into like this like weird thing, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, every... I feel like every internet group ends up turning into a weird thing, but I, I feel you on the not, not really being as much of a part of it as I was in 2017.
0: But like, so where do you find stuff like the, like the trailer for the MMO or whatever? Cause like that would have been like the front page thing for the day. Right. Oh, mostly,
1: mostly on Twitter. I find out about current events when lots of people are complaining about them on Twitter. Yeah. And uh yeah, like uh pooping, pooping on tables yeah i I don't know i don't know if you saw that tweet or if anybody is gonna get that but yikes
0: yeah bro but yeah i don't know this the ban announcements it could be good it could be bad because like there's already clamoring in in the legacy community about like the three cards we talked about in the last few episodes you know to various degrees it seems like every every post that i looked at today people were talking about those three cards I think most specifically Astro leave and Veil, vale, but it's like, you know, Banning is a waterfall and you're one in the river and you're one again after the fall, right? But I don't think that we're one in the river anymore because everybody's like just not sure if the waterfall is five feet or five miles away.
1: Well, didn't we start to talk, didn't when we discussed the reserve list, started to talk about, Printing very powerful new cards in order to increase sales, and how slippery of a slope that can be. Yeah. And we talked about how bannings are also kind of a slippery slope. And yeah. as soon as you ban one thing, then something else steps up. So, like, where I don't know where we're at. We we could need much more rebalancing. And with the amount of bans we've had recently, I mean, I, I hate to say this because I, I love this card but are, are we are we about to see so many cuts that they finally ban brainstorm?
0: No, I really don't think so. Okay. I mean, I'm
1: just I'm just I'm I'm just throwing it out there.
0: I'm not positive about this, but I'm 99% sure that Aaron Forsythe has said that legacy is the brainstorm format. You know, where people don't really talk about banning workshop and vintage because it's like the workshop format, you know, like this this is going to live somewhere right yep so they just ban all the artifacts and people just kind of have that expectation because you know workshops first of all it's like a four a four thousand dollar investment or whatever and it's not exactly about that that is part of it like the consumer confidence angle but also like if you have a workshop deck and they ban workshops then you also have like 70 other cards that probably don't have a home anymore right or not 70 but 60 so i think that in the same vein like look at legacy attendance bro we just had 1600 people for bologna i don't know if the last three gps in the u.s even equals 1600 And i'm not even joking about that i legitimately don't think they do so i don't think they're too worried about legacy attendance right now and if they look at legacy as 1a first and foremost the brainstormed format I think they had to be happy with how people feel about the brainstorm format,
1: right? I, I could agree with that. I think you're probably right. I just wanted to throw it out there because, man, everything everything is on the shopping block. And I don't know whether or not people are just like, because WotC has responded to people's sort of reactions about, oh, this card's too powerful, let's ban it. Whether people are talking more about banning cards or whether like exactly what's going on i'm not sure
0: well there's a fair argument too that veil isn't the problem the problem is brainstorm and like i'm not saying that that argument is invalid that argument is definitely has some merit to it i just don't think that that's the action that they're going to take you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i i guess uh and like if they did that they could if they wanted to really end legacy i think that that would be a good action to see what happened right
1: yeah, I guess if they wanted to cancel it, they could definitely try.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> well, anyway, bro, that's uh, yeah, it, like looking at looking at the Magic Reddit or whatever, or just like following on Twitter. Like today was was like just just a fucking crazy day. Just looking at like, Seth wrote an article about like uh, what the hell's going on with Magic, and like Richard tweeted something similar. About just like this uneasiness. And then I listened to a fucking James. Shout out to James with uh, Humans of Magic. He had uh, Lucas Esper-Bertu on.
1: Yeah, you got to ask a question that was in that interview.
0: No. <laughs> no, that was for the AMA. That that comes out next week. But um. I, I am pumped for that. But uh, Lucas, uh, dude, I love Lucas. Like I've been following him on Twitter for a while. He was the one who, who put that idea in my head to play Doble Rug back in the day, if you recall.
1: Yeah, well, I remember reading his sort of summary and wrap-up for his legacy testing for the Magic Pro Tour. He did a really good job with that article. We talked about that. Uh, Was that last year? Was that the year? It must have been last year, last summer.
0: Yeah, bro. It was probably like episode 10 or some shit. But, yeah, it was last summer. And that was probably the first time I ever heard of that dude. But I've been following him ever since. And I love his takes. And that dude has fucking... Balls the size of Brazil, man. He he was uh he had he made some amazing points in that Humans a Magic interview. I recommend you check it out. Check out the podcast in general. James is great, you know he does a great job. But that episode in particular, man. He's like, you know, this is a this is a war for the soul of competitive magic. And dude, I was putting on my Braveheart paint. Like I was getting fucking pumped. I was like, yeah, man.
1: Well, like, what I, I mean, what is competitive He's magic? right, right. Like, yeah. do you want people? grinding and fighting like throwing everything they have on the line to play this game at a competitive level or do you do you want to be sort of force-fed streamers that get a ton of views or do you want to see like that sense of weariness and desperation on somebody's face who's been battling out for years to try to get a spot in a tournament finally make it and see how excited they get I, exactly. I kind of like that second. That second yeah. that second view.
0: Dude, exactly. And you know, to have defined goals, like a, a defined system where you work your way up and you hit certain levels. You know, that's we, we're playing this game where we you have binders in your in your room with all the cards like alphabetized and set sorted and shit. Like we're playing this game because we all have this like OCD math brain thing, right? Like we make deck lists and we put our cards in in order and we fucking collect cards, and you know, like we all have we all have this bug or whatever right yeah i I
1: completely agree with you, I think that most magic players have are could get diagnosed with some sort of disorder from the ds yeah like, I didn't want to go ahead yeah. and say it no, I mean you're right, you're right, yeah,
0: and to have a system at the top that is the antithesis that's just chaotic and, and disordered is like. The opposite of what we're craving, right we're craving this clearly defined okay, this is that, you know, and even if you just said like I'm not opposed to some of the initiatives that they have, but if you just you know quantified them and said okay this these slots are this or that, right, instead of just having this like ugh it's it's just so frustrating to to have the the competition illegitimized right like well it,
1: so this is the thing that legitimate competition that we all that we all love that doesn't sell magic cards
0: right does it not
1: like it, it might it, it, the story that story hooked us it probably hooked quite a few other people but if you want to be in a market like we are today right and you want to actually think about it from a marketing perspective you want exciting people playing this game online I don't want to say you want people who uh fit the stereotype of a streamer more than the stereotype of a competitive magic player because obviously there's like exceptions to every rule but like if you're putting out a commercial or a video product to get people to watch, you want a certain type of person representing your brand, right and a lot of professional magic players are the
0: yeah. Okay,
1: you know what I'm we saying. Talk, we've talked about yeah. this. Actually, we talked
0: about this like a month ago, and we, we did, forgot to talk about it on the cast. One of our rare offline conversations where uh, I was suggested because, like, Brad Nelson and somebody else, Paulo, I think, weren't sponsored for the last Pro Tour thing. Yes. And we were talking about potentially having anti-sponsorships where Magic players would just keep you know, like, wearing, like, Abercrombie clothes and tweeting about Abercrombie all the time until Abercrombie paid them to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's sort of, like, the personalities you get with Magic, right? Like, you don't want your brand associated with. Yeah.
1: And I, yeah. listen, I don't want anybody to sort of misconstrue what what I was saying. I think that Wizards is, is, they have a plan and they're doing it. And I have absolutely no hate for anybody who's getting special invites or of playing course. or has been, like, pushed by Wizards as a sponsor because they have a lot of stream followers. I think that's great for them, but I think that if if you want to take a look at what competitive Magic has been, the the field is very different now, and I liked the way it was before. I have absolutely no hate for anybody who's getting any love at all. So uh, I just I want to make that clear because what I what I said is i mean it's kind of an argument that a lot of people make that are like oh this person doesn't deserve this or this person doesn't deserve that and i'm not i'm not saying that at all
0: honestly dude that kind of goes without saying i feel like yeah, but, if somebody okay. if somebody really thinks that we're like these bad actors or whatever, just fucking come at me you know like i don't have i've never gone after anybody i don't have any hate for anybody you don't either you know the the whole i don't know the the whole like fight for the solo competitive magic like one of the things that Lucas was saying that I thought was really interesting was he thought Starcraft 2 was a good esport and I don't follow Starcraft 2 or anything but I do know that it's like it's not chess but it's up there with chess in terms of the better player winning a large percentage of the time larger than magic right and he he watches it because he he likes seeing people do something that he couldn't do. Like he, he knows that these people are masters of what they're doing and, and they're going beyond, you know, what he, what he feels he's capable of or he's trained to do at that point in time. And I thought that was a really interesting point. And he was talking about, you know, having a pro tour event that's selected for the lowest level of variance, whether that be like a, an unpowered cube, right? Or, or, you know, uh, he he actually mentioned Legacy, like Legacy with a special ban list for for this event only. So you actually had to go and brew, so you could test like players' abilities to brew, and you have like like I think Legacy is special, as opposed to like Modern or Vintage, where you have threats and answers that are relatively on par with each other. I've always felt that way, and that's why I like Legacy. So, you know, I was I was a little biased to him saying that, but if you actually just picked a format to select for the best players and had the maximum number of games where skill shined, is that what we're really looking for? Because I kind of, I didn't realize that I related to that feeling, but I really do where I used to watch the Pro Tour draft rounds. And it, like, if somebody like, you know, Luis or Marcio or something were drafting, I would, I just ate that shit up because it was awesome to see them draft. Right.
1: Yep. And I completely agree with you. I think that like, Sort of mid-range formats that are you just slamming your threes and four drops into each other and seeing who comes out on top. Those aren't those aren't the exceptional matches that I really want to watch, right? Right. So, I I completely agree with that sentiment. I think it's another one of the reasons why we're really drawn to Legacy.
0: Dude, one of my like I I always think about this like if I'm driving or something, just like killing time. Imagine if they. Like, you showed up for a pro tour, and they they put you in your hotel room and took away your phone, and then announced the format. And you had access to all the cards, right? So you had to just brew So you're, that. like,
1: sequestered, you have a week in your hotel room to prepare, and then you, you play the tournament?
0: Yeah, like, let's say you take the the sets from Pioneer, like, the, you know, all, the, all those blocks, and mm-hmm. then they just pick two out of a hat. And All right. they said you got to build you got to build your deck now. You or
1: a hours. cube draft where you get the list of cards the, yeah. the day before or something like that.
0: Ex- exactly, dude. How sick would that be?
1: That would be outstanding.
0: It would test for like a different skill set rather than just like, you know, having the best sideboard guy and the best team that you work with. I think it would be cool to see like who, you know,
1: who can who can adjust on the fly yeah. better rather than depending on like a very large number of reps yeah, I, I understand what you're saying.
0: It'd be cool to see, man. But yeah, anyway, that's that's where we are with bands and, and stuff. Dude, there's no more buys too. We first to talked about that last week.
1: Yeah, I kinda like that. I mean, that was one of the reasons <laughs> why well, I mean now. Like I still have yeah. some buys for this year. <laughs> but like that was one of the reasons why I would actually like travel to a few more Grand Prix than I actually really wanted to go to. Yep. Was because I wanted to make sure that I had buys for the for the year after. And I had a few events that like that went really well that I started with no buys so I know that I can perform well in that environment but I mean if your grand prix is going to get 350 people <laughs> buys buys really affect it i wonder how many people were actually playing in rounds 1 and 2 at that grand prix
0: oh man i bet i bet you over half you think so i really do because there are uh there are a lot fewer people with buys now. And there's almost like the average Grand Prix, like when I look this up to do some of our like debate episodes and stuff, there would be single digit number of three buys and right, about, four, two, about two buys, 40. Two buys is
1: fairly easy to get.
0: There would be about 40 people, 40 to 60 people in larger Grand prix, like six to 800 person Grand prix. like the last time we pulled this. There weren't really that many two buys either. There were there were no. a lot of one buys. The one buys were about half the field, I think, when I pulled it before, and probably for this one, yeah, probably over half. I see what you're saying with the low population, but I think that there's a lot of one buys and not many twos.
1: Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: What was your your point though that a lot of people just buy their way in?
1: Yeah, I mean, like when if you're if you're wizards, right? And I know that they kind of, like, stopped caring about Grand Prixs. But one of the reasons why they had the buys in the first place was to make sure that their competitive players had an edge and got a little bit more exposure to, like, brand built. But now they have the MPL, so they don't need to do that. Those players aren't really going to Grand Prix. So, like, why have that as part of the tournament? So I understand yeah. dropping buys, but they're dropping an incentive that players used to go to tournaments for without making making it up anywhere else right so i I don't know how that's gonna sort of affect things in the future and obviously like we just had a 350 person grand prix i guess it can't get much worse
0: yeah dude and we're fucked on like isolating anything now there's so many variables that that have been flipped and switched around like when we're writing like the, when i'm writing the show notes i don't even know what to call things anymore like ptqs or players tours or you know like it, it's all just a big fucking mess anyway so i agree there's no way to say like what you know what's causing anything or you know it's all it's all just up in the air. oh but,
1: speaking of players championships shout out to oliver who won oh, the shit. star city event I remember playing him when he was like, actually a little kid, and uh, he—I he, knew that he was an outstanding player. Then it's good to see somebody do well like that. I like that kid. Is he local? No, uh, he was traveling. I think he was like the like the U.S. Junior Yu-Gi-Oh champion, and he okay. started playing Magic. So I played him like back in Theros Standard. And um, I remember he said, you're the only person today that hasn't treated me like a little kid. And he said, thank you for that. And I was like, oh, man, this, this, this kid's great. Sweet. Yep. That's my, that's my Oliver story. Good for him.
0: So you just reminded me that there was the Players' Championship this past weekend and there was Legacy. And I hadn't pulled the the deck list for the show notes. And I go to look for Legacy decks on Star City and i get a 404
1: yeah the the deck the decklist is down i um so i went what to go try fuck? to find you know how you have your own name and it has all of the plate like the decklist of the places that you finished in the tournaments
0: on star city oh uh, yeah
1: it used to well it used to be on star city because i was gonna find that and i was like oh like i played i played in a few star cities here's uh here's how i did to my my buddy that plays the same video game and it was gone I was like, oh man, what what's going on? That all that history gone.
0: It's still on MTG Top Eight. So Oliver playing Bant Mentor, which is Star City Namic Inventions. I don't know. But he has two Pyroblasts in his main deck, so Bant Mentor. Questionable, but I understand what they're doing. You know, this you have two Veil of Summer. And three Oko in the main deck as far as an uh, no, Ice Van Coadle as far as green cards go. And then just two Pyroblasts as far as red cards go. So this is like the four color Astrolabe non black bentor and no terminus. It's got uh, actually just one Supreme Verdict, so it's not even like the miracle shell, I guess, but
1: Yep. I mean Oko Hoko ah. is a busted card in a lot of formats. Yeah, and I, well, It's
0: getting hard to describe decks like with with the astrolabe and the four color shit. Oh, like,
1: you mean being able to play all of the colors? Yeah, makes like, it what hard do you, to define what do you what call decks. this deck? Yeah, right. I mean, it's for it's four color mentor, right? It if, yeah, if, but, if you were to like, name four it, colors, that's what I would name it,
0: it you'd have to call it like uh, no black, right? Because four color could be. I guess Mentor means you're playing white. And nobody's going to not play green or blue, so...
1: Okay, well, I guess you're right. I guess you're a four-color Mentor, no black.
0: Yeah. Because then the second place deck is Edgar Magales with Ma- Magalish? I forgot how to say it, but... Bant Control, quote-unquote. Which is Miracles what?
1: with Oko and Veil, vale,
0: right? Uh, It's also Supreme Verdict, so... Uh, yeah, it's got one veil, one Supreme Verdict. It Does have Okos and and Tefiri's in it. It's pretty much the same deck. It just doesn't have any mentors or main deck Power Blast, a Power Blaster in the sideboard. So yeah, it, it's crazy, bro. It's getting it's getting a little hard. We have to come up with like some new names for these decks that are like convenient. But the rest of the field, I, I actually did watch a couple rounds. I watched Hogak smack Delver, which it, it just does. Like, there's there's really nothing you can do. And whoever brought Hogak, I guess it Dylan Donigan and Collins Mullins, who I saw playing it, uh, they came in fourth and eighth. I don't know how many rounds of Legacy there were overall. I only saw four, mm-hmm. but... Uh, The other decks that showed up were Bug Midrange, Death and Taxes, Miracles, Dark Depths, Blue-Red Delver, two more Bug Midranges, two more Miracles, Grixis Delver, Blue-White Control. So, really an extremely fair metagame. And everybody's playing Blue except for Death and Taxes and Hogak. Well, sort of Hogak.
1: Yeah. I mean, I... I like Death and Taxes. But if you're expecting a bunch of people to be playing Delver, Hogek, I mean, Hogak is the deck to bring. But it's it's really interesting to see how, like, look at the how propagated this tournament is with blue-green shells, blue-green whatever, blue-green-white, blue-green-black. Uh, the veil of, veil of Summer combined with the blue package just does so much now. That's not even talking about the Planeswalkers you get access to.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It looks like all but, I don't know, I'm going to have to click through all these deck lists to see, because some of them they've named Miracles, but they're playing green and or red in the main deck, so. It might be that 13 of these decks are playing blue and green.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. So are you on board with, with banning Veil vale now? I mean, like, like... Officially?
1: I think... I think that if I was looking to ban something to... Man. I don't know, I'm torn. I'm torn between Astrolabe and Veil. Vale. Yeah. I think I like Veil vale more as a card. I, I definitely like Veil vale more as a card. For oh, sure. Interesting. Um but i don't know i'm i'm undecided but i think okay. that if you're talking about what we think is like traditional magic and the lines getting blurred between decks and everything becoming sort of an amalgamation that astrolabe astrolabe might do too much for its opportunity cost
0: yeah i'm totally on the astrolabe first train and then veil if necessary
1: yeah and it's hard it's hard to find a hate card to to take care of that. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, we didn't have we haven't had like a a long-term perusal of the uh the league in a long time, bro.
1: Praise praise the sun.
0: <laughs> I think this might be your
1: unlucky week though. All uh, right, I'm ready for it. You I, want got, to dive I in? got my I got my final my my finals for the semester are done. I uh yeah, let's do it.
0: So wait, does that mean we're gonna be recording early next week?
1: Yeah, we can if you want to. All right, sweet. I'm uh, I'm on vacation next week too. Oh, all week. Yeah, all week and half of the next week. Must be nice, it's bro. Nice, isn't it? Teacher schedules. Jeez. Anyway, you you get you get paid.
0: Are you going on vacation? No. I got I'm I'm
1: doing family stuff around here so like I have lots of holiday stuff I got the kid like we have the whole living room set up with a Christmas tree and all of the things that my my son is getting really excited for it's awesome to see like like just somebody's first reaction to all of these things happening like decorating having him decorate the Christmas tree with us for the first time was like oh it was oh
0: dude that's awesome
1: yeah so, the holidays, are, some the holidays are
0: killing me though, bro. Like, I just can't wait for Christmas to be over, honestly. Like, I, I hate that. I never felt this way before, but like, Halloween, I bought a, a box of candy for the trick or treaters that never came, obviously. We, and that we ran, ate it we all. We ran out.
1: We had t- really? like
0: 200 kids. It was fucking crazy. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I ate all the candy, and I've gained 20 pounds since Halloween, bro. Oh, man. Yeah like i I cut my toenails last night just (laughs) because because i was in bed and i realized i could still reach my toenails so i might as well cut them now even though they didn't really need to be cut because like by the time christmas is over i just might not be able to reach my feet anymore
1: that's That's how much that's 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 how that's that's too much
0: information man yeah bro i'm just saying (sighs) but yeah you should you should you should at least like take a day trip to penn island or something
1: Not going to get me with that one. Oh, fuck.
0: Nope. So, Aurum 67? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Take a look at this post deck, bro. Let me... Hold on.
1: Ooh. Rejuvenator post.
0: Yeah, this is a... This is a deck, man.
1: It is a collection of cards. Oh, man. How baller must it feel to cast Summoning Trap in this deck? I remember playing that card in Standard way back in the day, and I love me some Summoning Trap.
0: I remember talking about this card in Belcher two weeks ago. Incorrectly, right? Is this the card that, that we were talking about?
1: No. We were talking about...
0: Veil of Autumn, but I thought that Summoner's Trap was the card that we were accidentally talking about.
1: I don't think so. I think it was something... this is the one I was thinking
0: of, but... Okay. This deck, this is a... What do you call it? Rejuvenator post?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like an Eldrazi post deck that plays Elvish Rejuvenator to get additional copies. That's the way that I sort of see it,
0: right? Yeah. So what Elvish Rejuvenator is, for those who don't know, it's a 1-1 for 2 and a green that when it comes into play with the top five cards of your library you can put a land onto the battlefield tapped and the the rest go onto the bottom Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a far seek ish thing but uh obviously it hits any kind of land so it's like a you can think of like a guest seder wayfinder analogy that puts it into play like a borderland ranger ish thing but, you know, this deck has been playing Golos, right? Like, we've talked about Golos. And there's the decks that play the Cataracts, so you can actually activate Golos. But this, again, is another deck where, aside from the Glimmer Posts, I don't really see a way to to be activating. You know, like, Glimmer Posts combined with Candelabra or something. But there's no Cataracts. There's no easy way to activate Golos. So it's just for the, the Ghetto Land, right?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of the way that you can do it i do not see a way to do it although i'm sure that people are going to say no no no! here's how you do it
0: dude it always sucks when we're talking about these decks because i'm always like double checking before i say that yep but yeah i don't see the, the cataracts i don't see an easy way to, to activate this other than having you know some combination of corner posts and candelabras mm-hmm so, yeah, this is a sweet deck though. Other than that, we've got a top end of one Aeon's Torn, one Promised End, one Butcher of Truth, one Ceaseless Hunger, one Infinite Gyre, and one Spirit Dragon, which is interesting. Like to have this, you know, you have Summoner's Trap, so you can get the one of as far as the creatures go. Mm-hmm. But the one Ugin is just like, okay, I ran out of space and I do want a Ugin still. I would never think of going below three against this deck just because of how absolutely backbreaking it is against mid-range decks.
1: Yeah, I mean, but curve considerations, you're playing so many one-of high-casting-cost creatures in the older post decks, they didn't have summoning traps, so you weren't playing the quantity of those of those guys. But, like, you're playing a bunch of high mana, mana spells that just win the game on the spot, right? So that one-of split, it's just those those cards could be anything
0: yeah true and i uh, you know you only have one eye now but you have so many ways to find it yep it's still scary though man one eye with like a crew there's a crucible on the sideboard but not in the main deck i feel like i would still pussy out and play two eyes one less something trap
1: yeah but like the eye i i don't want to say is unnecessary but wait wastelands and and things that take out your eye your your opponents aren't going to be like super patient with those cards they need to attack your post lands early game
0: yeah but you're still the four needle deck like needle on wasteland right sure but
1: if you're not worried about wasteland why are you playing multiple eyes true true yeah so I, i don't know that's my that's my take
0: this is an interesting looking deck though man this i i don't like talking about cloud post decks i'll be honest like i've, I've never seen the hype i watched rich Shea stream with a post deck and he he fucking killed it. he won like nine games straight when i was watching him. but it's never been my style of deck i've never found it you know terribly interesting but this list i really do like i i i definitely think that if i were to play post i'll play something like this yeah
1: i mean it seems very similar to the other ones there's a little bit of spice but I mean, is it is it really any different?
0: I mean, it's still a Timmy deck. Is that what you're saying? There's no brainstormers. Well, I mean,
1: I didn't I didn't want <laughs> to didn't want to classify it like that. I don't want to like dump on everybody that like loves post, but I don't know. It just right. it doesn't seem doesn't seem unique enough to be like oh this is the thing because they're right. all like the same thing
0: let's get off post island let's uh swim back to shore with uh abzan Stoneblade, junk stone blade
1: now isn't junk stone blade just dead guy with green
0: yeah of course but okay. this is this is more like i would almost classify this as rock with stoneforge really
1: okay i can i can get behind that now who 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 placed with this deck that we want to give a shout out
0: blitz fury one
1: blitz fury And the reason I'm going to
0: this deck is because back in 2013, when I was first getting back into Legacy, this is the deck I built, right? Like this is, I had Bayous and Scrublands, I could afford to, to play this deck, like this is the deck that I built. And I only played it a few times, but it still has a soft spot in my heart because I just looked at it so much and thought about it so often. So... Two Grim Flayers, one Skoos, four Goifs, one Plague Engineer, and four Stoneforge Mystics, with three Inquisition, four Thoughtseize, and three Lingering Souls. You're kind of right. This is just kind of dead guy with, with a bunch of green creatures. But three Abrupt Decay, two Kaya's Guile, and four Source of Plowshares.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, uh, when, when Grim Flare was spoiled, I thought, oh, wow, like this could be something. But I'm not really sold on it. And three lingering souls. You're you're looking to play a certain type of matchup when you're packing three lingering souls. Maybe we're we're in that super grindy area now, where it's just mid range against mid range, and having lingering souls brings it over the top. But if I'm fighting that battle, I probably want to be bringing Esper rather than junk.
0: Well, I think lingering souls. And this is kind of why I want to talk about this deck. I think Lingering Soul is an interesting answer to the Oko problem, right? It's like the opposite of the battle that Oko's fighting. Kind of the way that people talk about Bitter, bitter Blossom in the past couple of weeks, like you know, just investing a card that can't be, you know, can't be hit by Oko, like uh, you know, some sort of creature that snowballs out of control or an artifact like you're you're talking about just casting this card and potentially recasting it and turning your one one spirits into three threes isn't helping anybody so this is i think a very good card for fighting the oko battle okay so i don't know if that's where this person was at but i do like it you know you're not exactly sidestepping veil of summer because you're still playing with uh the targeted discard, like four Thaussies, three Inquisition, and three Abrupt Decay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're not getting Pyroblasted at least. And with the Grim Flare that you were talking about, you do have two Sylvan Libraries that, and the the Lingering Souls that we already talked about. So there are some ins and outs with it. I don't love it. Like, like you were saying, you know, it, it might not be doing quite enough here, especially without like a Green Sun package, but.
1: Yeah, I think I think you need that black. Like, obviously, it's it's rough to play that many targeted dispel or targeted discard cards when you have people playing main deck Vale of Summer, and that's just gonna feel awful. But I think you need that package to be able to be close to competitive against the unfair decks. So it's yeah. just a necessary evil of playing that color combination. But I I don't know it. When would you play this? When when would you personally choose to play a collection of cards like this?
0: I think it's probably good against the local midrange decks. Not 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 so much the uh if anybody's playing like a terminus build, not that. That that it would not be good against that, but like But the, even
1: if supreme verdict build, like
0: Well, the ones that we saw in the Star City were only like on one verdict, so it wasn't as potentially backbreaking, but mm-hmm. still, it was still pretty bad, yeah. I'll give you that. And, you know, you're playing four Plows, three Abrupt Decays, two Kai's Guiles, so you're really kind of all in on fighting creature battles. And a lot of what those decks are doing is, like, every creature is a two-for-one. You don't want to be killing their creatures, right?
1: Yeah, but, like, you're the only two-for-ones that you have here are Stoneforge, right? Right. Like, right. all of your other ones are just, like, vanilla green dudes?
0: Yeah... I don't know. I'm feeling worse about it now that you're. No, I mean. These points. Yeah.
1: I. I, Listen. Yeah. I, I guess I'm always, like, the pessimist when it comes to, to decks like this. DJ's going to send us a message, like, no, here's, <laughs> here's why you're wrong. With that number of discard spells, I beat Combo all the time.
0: Mm hmm. Bro. He was undefeated against Sneak and Show, so.
1: Until. Until this terrible Sneaky Joe player played him.
0: Until he played the Master.
1: I don't know if I'm the Master.
0: (laughs) I was talking about Jerry. Oh! Oh, (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) I apologize. So, yeah. Next up, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go to Loam? Do you want to talk about Lom?
1: We can. I mean... Sure. Let's talk about it.
0: Lom, 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 Lom. I don't know. It's like... I think that the Loam build right now, for for where we're at, and I don't have any confidence in saying that we're going to stay in this meta for a long time, which is awful, because I haven't felt that way. I guess, you know, with Ren I kind of felt that way for a while, but before that I never had this feeling about Legacy, but I feel like the, the Oko build of Loam is just the correct build right now, and all the other Loam decks, I guess, are, are awaiting further instruction like will astrolabe be banned will will veil vale of summer be banned but this gun of mercy put up this junk loam build that is pretty close to what we used to think of loan, right
1: yeah and but i think no we no very similar creature packages to this but it was always backed by chalice right and we don't see it here
0: so this is like It's like seven Night of the Reliquaries because you have three Elvish Reclaimers. And then you have three Green Suns in this too. So it's kind of like ten Night of the Reliquary Loam. With two life from the Loam now. So this is, you know, better mana. You can play a Basic Plains and uh, there's actually no Basic Swamp in here. So I take that back. But a Basic Forest and a Basic Plains. So you have better mana. You're not getting wasted out. You can play cards like Sylvan Safekeeper. There is no mom in here, but you know it's it's a good loam deck, I think.
1: I mean, it's a loam deck.
0: Yeah. I uh, just do you... I
1: is is it is it an indictment of the power of chalice now that even loam isn't running it? Like, yeah, I you, you have the perfect setup with mox diamond, and it just it's not it's not in here.
0: I think it is, right? I mean, it just turns into a three three, or gets bounced, or
1: it's sad <sighs> sad state for chalice
0: it is bro so what do you think of what do you think of this rug omni deck this uh suya song
1: intervention pact is interesting i had to what read it,
0: it, it yeah i didn't read it yet.
1: and the commander card The split second switcheroo sort of thing, yeah. It's playing sudden substitution. Yeah, sudden sudden substitution. It's um, it's very interesting.
0: So these cards for anyone listening, sudden substitution is two blue blue instant split second, exchange control of target non-creature spell and target creature. Yeah. Then the spell's controller may choose new targets for it. So wait, what the fuck is going
1: on? So it's um. It's kind of playing like a hive mind, pact deck, where oh. um you put you put the pact on the stack, and then hold priority, and switcheroo it. So it's it's an omni deck that has emracle but you also have this like, this four mana combo that can't be countered, with sudden yeah. substitution. Right. So you get to steal their creature and give them a pact. And then they have to use their counterspell to counter their the pact that you gave to them.
0: Yeah. And there is, I guess, as far as synergy goes, there's one Forbidden Orchard in this deck. Because you need a target for, for that spell. Right. So, so you, there needs to be a creature in play on your opponent's side. So there is one Forbidden Orchard, but I don't see any other way of getting a creature in play for your opponent, right?
1: Yeah, I think that they're just assuming that there's going to be targets...
0: It's pretty safe. I mean, talking about we just looked at the SCG meta and just what people are doing in general. It's, I'd say upwards of over ninety percent of games you're you're looking at creatures on the other side now. Mm-hmm. So, so that does seem like a pretty safe assumption. One Forbidden Orchard is, I guess, a, a sort of small nod to the fact that somebody might be playing you know Belcher or whatever. But
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's strange to have these packs in the deck. Because the packs like, I mean, they kind of do nothing on their own, obviously, but it gives you like a splinter twin like instant speed win condition that if I was sitting down and I saw like my opponent cast a show and tell. There's absolutely no fucking way that I'm expecting a pact and this card. Like This is the first time I've seen it.
0: Yeah. So wait, we should probably read it. By the way, Pact of the Titan. For anybody who doesn't know, is an instant zero mana pact. Obviously, it's red. Put a four four red giant creature token into play and pay four in a red. And the white one is uh, the next time a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn, prevent that damage and gain life equal to the damage prevented, and it's pay one white white. So yeah, and then you also have um what do you call it? Uh conning wish. So
1: Yeah, and pieces of the puzzle and, and all these other things that dig help you find whatever combo you're looking for. So I, I mean I don't know whether or not this deck's win percentage is better than like a straight blue green Omnitel deck with more Veil of Summer and like a like a more streamlined package. But it's it's cute like i i like what it's trying to do i don't know whether or not it's more effective
0: right yeah i feel you and i guess to note it's it's technically it's rug it's got a vulk in it but this is really like a blue green omni deck right there's there's pyroblast in the sideboard but yeah i mean like no is there i don't even see it No, there's just Release the Ants. Which,
1: usually, you're casting off your Omni anyway. Yeah. There's a Kozilex return, which a lot of the time you aren't.
0: There we go. Thank you. But yeah, this is just, you know, almost Mono Blue Omni with Veil of Summer.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, it's a pretty cool deck, though. I think that the, you know, it's a lot, really, like you said, the Splinter Twin Angle of the packs.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a good analogy, given, like, the pl- like how Splinter Twin generally played out, and what this deck is trying to do. Like, you have that two-card, four-mana, played at instant speed, win the game, and yeah. uh, it just reminded me of Twin.
0: Yeah. I really don't like, though, that you have that many cards. You mean, like, they just don't really do anything on their own? Yeah, like I mean,
1: like, the packs, obviously, like, they're dead on their own. But I can see situations where sudden substitution can like can be good I mean it's 4 mana it's a ton of mana and if you're using it for like a not I win the game card um, it's probably not worth it mana wise but I can see times where like you want to steal your opponent's threat and give them maybe something beneficial but give them something
0: it is an interesting yeah definitely interesting card and it probably can play in counter wars too like if you, if you happen to draw a second copy or whatever
1: uh yeah it's tough though right cuz like what what are you going to give your opponent control of cuz they can change the target so if you're trying to win a counter war with it they can just take your counter spell and put it on what they they want
0: well it doesn't have to be your spell though
1: but then you would have to give them your creature and you're, you're not going to give them an Emrakul.
0: Right. So you'd have to... I, okay, the first one would have to resolve and you have to I have already taken their creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get, I guess that's the part I was missing about that because I was like, you can just target the same creature.
1: I got you, yes. If you already had their creature from it, you can definitely do that.
0: Okay. Because if you, if you targeted their creature, would the second one fizzle then if you had control of the creature or would it exchange control of the creature again? I, this is where my rules knowledge falls apart.
1: I think if you currently control their <laughs> creature, you can give it back to them and, and you're good.
0: No, yeah, I got that part, but I'm saying if there are two of them on the stack, well, one of them fizzle because control of the creature is switched?
1: Oh. Uh, I think that it w- <laughs> You I know, think I, it I have, would. I have no. I have no. Clue. I think it would
0: because you wouldn't be exchanging control again necessarily.
1: I I get you. I think you are probably right. I I, but... I am not a judge anymore.
0: <laughs> do you want to? Since you're not a judge, I don't know if you're up to this. But do you want to tackle Riddlesmith Storm?
1: Uh, I like it. Riddlesmith, card from, uh, scars block, loot 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 loot. loot, loot kill your opponent.
0: Yeah, so Smith is 1 and a blue for a 2-1 human artificer. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, draw a card, and discard a card?
1: Yes. And with the all of the zeros that the deck is playing, you just churn, 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 and build your storm count while you're discarding uh, artifacts that you can either play from your graveyard or to draw more zeros that will allow you to loot.
0: Yeah. And when Echo of Eons was first spoiled, I was building, like, decks that I knew probably wouldn't be that good because it was all I could think of, like Days of Undoing style decks with a bunch of, like, Mox Opals and shit. But I think I had the feeling that there was a better deck out there that I wasn't able to build. And I wouldn't be shocked if this were the better deck. I really like the look of this deck, man. No. This, look, this looks a lot better than Belcher to me
1: another reason why i love legacy as a format is every so often you see cards that like you thought you know what this is just like borderline unplayable this this riddlesmith would have been a card that i i would have thought I i could safely put money on this never seeing legacy play and somebody somebody came up with it and built a fairly solid deck based off of the back of this like this crazy card that nobody ever played as an engine
0: it is pretty sick, yeah. And another card I love to see is Oval Chase Daredevil, which is an Aether Revolt card. It's a 3 and a black, 4-2. Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, uh, you can return it from your graveyard to your hands.
1: Yeah, so it's an engine. You, you can start discarding it with yeah. your artifacts, and it, it gives you something that you can lose every other Riddlesmith loot and you just end up getting it back when you play another artifact.
0: Exactly. So you, you eventually go from, if you, let's say that you're hell bent when you get your Smith online, you could eventually get up to two or three or four cards in your hand. So yep. it's really pretty sick in that regard. And this is a card that I, like when I throw away all my bulk, I save these cards because I thought maybe there was some, someday there'd be something. So I'm, I'm glad to see this card show up. Awesome. Yeah, man. So did you want to take a look at the decks from the, the legacy format playoff last week that we didn't really get a chance to talk about or
1: well i think we talked about the archetypes we didn't talk about like the actual specifics of the list because we didn't have them but the death and taxes deck it's regular death and taxes it is yeah absolutely you have death you have deafening silence and uh and two big gideon in the sideboard but like everything else you're like all right this is death and taxes
0: yeah, there wasn't anything that really stuck out to me when I scrolled through this. So, I I'm fine with passing on it for now. Okay. Uh so is that it? Do you want to wrap it up?
1: Yeah, I'm I I was pumped. I know that we talk about legacy every week, but I I was pumped to find a new person that was really excited about legacy as much as we all are.
0: Bro, trust me. You don't have to uh, explain imaginary friends to me. I know all about them. I know. When are we having Ooh. your
1: imaginary friend on the podcast?
0: He's shy, bro. You can't look at him. You know, if you look at him, he disappears. So,
1: um, is his name Fred? <laughs>
0: no, it's Connor. Connor, what, what, what's this? Is this Fred a joke?
1: No, no. There's a there's a classic uh, late '80s, early '90s movie about is it Star Wars. It, it's not about an imaginary imaginary friend named fred
0: all right what's it called
1: uh i think it's called drop dead fred okay it's a it's a classic movie that you must see
0: should i watch that before the mandalorian
1: no no you should definitely watch the mandalorian first because you'll be happy watching the mandalorian uh this movie i don't know if you'll talk to me the next week (laughs) when you watch it it's it's not the best movie Oh wait, hold on. We have new patrons to talk about. I have my phone here this time. So, uh, we had technical issues last week. So we didn't get a chance to shout out our three new patrons that like, we're super excited about. We, we love doing this podcast, but I'm not going to lie. I get, I get more excited when, um, when we get new patrons. So, uh, Valerio, Kevin Kang, and Bryce... All joined our Patreon in the the last two or three weeks, and we wanted to say thank you. We really appreciate it. We I don't want to say that like we do a lot of work, but some of us do a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, I was I was just kidding. I was just kidding. <laughs> um, and we we really appreciate it. Like the fact that there are so many people that listen to us still blows my mind, and we're thankful for everybody who does. So thank you guys, especially.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, deadformatcast at gmail.com. We'll, we'll read all your emails if you uh, email us, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, deadformatcast on Twitter. Should we, uh,
1: should we have another mailbag episode?
0: Bro, oh, y'all, I almost forgot to tell you this. All right, what's up? I want to do, I, I want to actually put some work into the show notes and do a decade recap.
1: A decade recap. Okay, How this, you is, feel about this was a very interesting decade.
0: Yeah, it was also a very uninteresting decade, but... Well, I mean, like there, le-
1: are, there are a few certain years that we can just sort of block up and say these were the Miracles years, these were the Grixis Delver years, but... I mean, I don't know. This decade, Do- this is a big decade for me.
0: See, I kind of feel like decades are over, honestly, like... There was like, you know, if you say the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, you get this picture in your head, right? Of like this very like solidified, like, you know, it, it, it's like 20 different pictures when you when you hear those words, but like you get the vibe, right? No, but At like least... the
1: 20, this decade was the meme decade. When people look back, okay they're going to be like, you remember
0: memes? All right. I guess I could see that. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. I was thinking like that kind of the stories are moving so quickly now that it it's almost like we're compressing too much information into one decade, but also like not solidifying around certain things for long enough periods of time. Like, I guess it'd be the PewDiePie decade.
1: Would it be? Wouldn't that be like the, the late thirties, early forties?
0: what is that i don't understand the the reference oh Uh, i just i got it i got it now you son of a
1: bitch gotcha
0: all right so (laughs) all right i hope i don't get
1: in trouble for that that's fine right yeah okay we've
0: got so so, do you want to do this, man? Do you do you like this idea? Like I like, talk about I like, like this legacy, idea. Let's do it. Le- Ten years of legacy. We
1: can bring we can bring listener questions and feedback in. We can get some engagement. We can like we can post on Twitter like asking people what their favorite whatever is, so everybody responds to it. Let's use some social media tactics.
0: There you go, bro. We need to get we need to get a Zoomer on staff to to rent run our social.
1: Yes. They can make up fake stories about things that didn't really happen to them to, like, boost Twitter engagement.
0: Yeah. You're friends with Oliver. Hit him up. <laughs> I can get Charlie to do it. Dude, Charlie's home from school right now. I can get Charlie to do it.
1: Yeah, but Charlie Charlie's part of that generation, but he's really, like, a 55-year-old
0: man. Right? <laughs> Dude, he is. <laughs> I asked him for music because my Spotify rap was beat, and, like, last year he put me on some good shit. He sent me Disco from the 70s, bro. <laughs> a does, literal playlist called... absolutely
1: doesn't surprise me.
0: A playlist called Italian Disco. Yep. And it was just Italian Disco. Yeah, a few, so, few more
1: months he's going to be like, Ian, have you ever heard of these things called Quaaludes?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all over for him. All right, bro. Ian 18125. T-Smiley MTG. T-Smiley 7. So, yeah. holla at your boys find us playing cube on the moto
1: maybe Uh, i got i got herbs to farm
0: bro you son of a bitch you have vacation you have no excuses you need to defend your uh cube championship
1: you're right bye yep i'm not gonna say how long ago that was that was a long time ago but yes i'm coming back we're doing it
0: all right bro that's a wrap